الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah رواه البخاري عن عقبة بن حارث رضي الله تعالى عنه Imam Bukhari he narrates on Uqbah bin Harith, may Allah be pleased with him, أَنَّهُ تَزَوَّجَ بَنَتَ لِأَبِي إِهَابِ That he married a daughter of Abu Ihab bin Aziz. فَأَتَتْهُ مْرَأَةِ After marrying the daughter of Ihab bin Aziz, there came to him a woman فقالت, and she said unto him قد أرضعت عقبة والتي تزوجة she said that verily I have breastfed عقبة and the woman that he married so I want you to now imagine this situation imagine the gravity of this situation Imagine the sensitivity of this situation. You have just married a woman. You are newlywed. And then there comes to you a woman who tells you and informs you that verily I have breastfed you and your bride and your new wife. This is a serious situation. فَقَالَ لَهَا عُقْبَى So عُقْبَى he said unto her ما أعلم أنك أرضعتني. He said, I, I didn't know that you have breastfed me. ولا أخبرتني. And I wasn't informed that you have breastfed me. Meaning, no one ever told me. لم يخبرني أحد. No one ever told me, ever mentioned to me that I was breastfed by you. I've never heard that before. فَأَرُسَلَ إِلَىٰ آلِ أَبِي إِهَابٍ فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ So he sent word to his in-laws asking them about this situation, whether or not they knew about their daughter being breastfed by this same woman. فَقَالُوا so they responded and they said, "Ma alimna arudat sahibatana." They said, "We we're unaware that anyone breastfed our daughter." In other words, as we will say, this is news to us. We we, we never heard that. Farakiba ila Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he traveled to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. بالمدينة 
So he traveled to Al Medina. So now let us reflect before looking at the answer of the Prophet وسلم, so that we have better in mind the totality of the situation and the severity of the situation. The Ulama they mention that when a woman breastfeeds a child, a baby, who is not her child, it is not her offspring, then there are certain rules and regulations that comes inside of the, of the legislation that is connected to that situation. Because what is prohibited from by lineage is also made prohibited by breastfeeding. And this is according to the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, where the Prophet وسلم, he said, that breastfeeding it will prohibit the same things that lineage will prohibit. So the boy child becomes a mahram for the woman who breastfeeds him. This is something, as a side point, that I want us to seriously reflect on because there's a lot of benefits in this. Especially those individuals who have accepted Islam and they may be the only Muslim in their family. So female sisters in this situation, her muharim, are limited. Those males who can interact with her without restriction, they are limited. Because the mahram, he can never marry the woman. So he becomes like her child, as if she gave birth to him. And, and she, for him, is like his mother. I want you to reflect on the benefits that are contained therein. This individual who can travel with her to Hajj or to Umrah, this individual who can help her in her day-to-day -day life, there's a lot of social benefits that are connected to this. So this is something that I will urge those who have accepted Islam, those who are perhaps the only Muslims in their family, or there are a very low number of Muslims in their family, very limited when it comes to Muharram, those men, who can look after them and take care of their affairs to seriously reflect on this and to seriously consider breastfeeding children. If those who are interested in doing this, then they have to know that there are stipulations. From the stipulations, as Sheikh Uthameen, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentions, have to have the stipulation, there are conditions. As Shartul Awwal, the first condition, is that the milk, it has to be from a woman. It has to be from a human being woman. So she cannot mix her milk with cow's milk or with camel's milk or supplement her milk with the milk of an animal and so on and so forth. If she were to do this, then this will not qualify. But the child has to suckle from the woman. Also, the second condition is is that it has to be five times, a minimum of five times. So five times she has to feed that child 
until the child lets go of the breast, whether they are full or not. But if she feeds that child five times, then that child becomes a mahram for her. And also, it has to be in the time of rudaa. So it has to be within the first two years. So if it's within the first two years, and the child suckled five times from the woman, then this child becomes mahram for that woman. These are things that have, again, great and tremendous social ramifications. So I want us to seriously consider that, especially minority communities, meaning the Muslims here in this country, we are a minority. It is incumbent that we start to reflect upon the likes of these things. Because if one will concentrate and ponder upon the situation, they will find that this takes foresight. Because a woman now will be breastfeeding a child who's less than two years of age, who that child being a mahram for her and benefiting her will take place many years later. So they have to be able to examine situations and this is how the Muslims are to be. Those who examine situations, those who they examine the potential outcome of situations, those who they strive to look at the pros and the cons, they strive to look at what may result from their actions, from their statements, so on and so forth, trying to bring about good and the best case scenario as much as possible. This is how we are to be as Muslims, not living haphazardly, not looking to the repercussions and ramifications of our actions, not acting recklessly, so on and so forth. But individuals who look at the greater picture, individuals who they look forward, they look ahead, individuals who they prepare for tomorrow. This is how the Muslims are to be. And if you reflect upon the like of this characteristic, then you will see that this characteristic and those things that have been mentioned, then these are things and traits that are indicative of people who are successful. And that's what we want to be. We want to be successful. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah, wa ba'd. Ya ibanullah. I want us to reflect over this narration because this narration it has tremendous benefits in it for those who contemplate, for those who reflect, for those who seek. Many benefits. So now, I want you to imagine yourself in this situation. You have married a woman, newly wed. And then someone comes to you and says, I have breastfed both you and your wife. But you never heard about it. You ask the family, the family never heard about it. Most people nowadays, what would they do? They would put the two together and say, you're going to pay her no mind. I never heard about it. You never heard about it. Probably didn't happen. But it was this the way of the companions. And I want you to reflect on this. Because they had religious caution because they acted in manners that were socially responsible are we like this do we act in manners that are socially responsible or do we act in manners that will give a bad image to Islam that somebody will look at us and say oh look you see that action that's how the Muslims are see that's why I want to hear nothing about Islam look how they act look how they talk to people look how they interact with people look how they treat people why would I want to be like that Think about the individuals who verbally abuse their wives. 
وَعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ And verbally abusing a Muslim is fisk. It's a great nasty sin. The Prophet ﷺ says, Verbally abusing a Muslim is a tremendously nasty, ugly sin. And fighting and killing him is disbelief. So now reflect on those individuals who verbally abuse their women because they are so reckless. And then think about the ones who add and compound to that and they verbally abuse their women in public. Look at the image that gives to Islam. A man verbally abusing his Muslim wife who is dressed like a Muslim clear for everyone to see. You think the passerbys will look at that and say, oh, I want to be a Muslim now. Of course not. Think about the flip situation. The woman who verbally abuses her husband in public. So many sins. SubhanAllah, look at this. Gives a bad image to Islam. So we have to be mindful of how we act. How far are we from them? When this situation happened and he wanted to refer to the Prophet it wasn't like nowadays, right? When we have an issue, right? They can be all the way on the other side of the earth. We call on the phone immediately. Easy, right? Or we can get in our car, go a couple minutes and we're at the masjid. 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, we're at the masjid. Talk to somebody. Easy, right? Uqba radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he lived in Mecca. And this was after the hijrah. So in order to speak to the Prophet he had to do what? He had to go all the way to Medina. And that's what he did. He went all the way to Medina. So one of the things that we extrapolate from this hadith, one of the benefits is the legislation of traveling to seek knowledge. He, he went, he had to seek that knowledge. Also, look at his patience and fortitude. Because the wuquf al-amr, in order to put the issue to rest, in order to put the issue to rest, he did what? He traveled all the way to Al-Madina. And when he met with the Prophet wasallam. And he explained what had happened and he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Paul and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said How? How are you going to continue in what's been said has been said? That's all he mentioned How are you going to continue in what has said has been said? Meaning The ulama they mentioned That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He was telling him how are you going to continue? وَقَدْ قِيلْ إِنَّهَا أُخْتُكَ مِنْ الرَّضَاعَةِ How are you going to continue in this marriage? And it's been said that this is your sister from breastfeeding, from suckling. وَذَلِكَ بَعِيدٌ مِنْ الْمُرُوءَةِ وَالْوَرَعَ And this is something that is so far remotely, so far-fetched for an individual who is socially responsible and has religious caution. They will never just haphazardly go upon this and this has been said. So with that being the case, what did Uqba do to his new wife? In light of this situation, what did he do? So he let her go and then they married other people. The, one of the benefits we get from this hadith that I really want us to reflect on is religious caution because it has been said even though he never heard about it 
even though the family ne don't recall, never heard about it, because the woman came and said, no, I breastfed both of you. Her testimony was taken into consideration and given credence. So for those who say that the Muslims don't care about the women, don't care about their opinions, treat them like they're second-class citizens, debase them, humiliate them, put them down, we see this is not the case. The Prophet ﷺ, he gave credence to her words. So much so that when Uqba asked about the situation, he, وسلم, he said, How? How are you going to continue? And this is what she's saying. How are you going to continue? And this has been said. Because the woman's words were given credence. Because Islam, it teaches what? To have utmost respect for the woman. To have the utmost of respect for the woman. And to treat them in the best of man as possible. To give to them and to show them everything that is good. This is what Allah Ta'ala commands the men to, 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 to do. To interact and live with their wives upon good, ma'roof, everything that is good. And the way you talk to her, the way you treat her, so on and so forth. Give her her gifts, give her her kind treatments. If her feet hurt, massage her feet. If her back hurts, massage her back. Treat her good. If she don't feel good today, you cook. You don't know how to cook, then you order some food. This is good treatment. You treat them in the most kindest and the most excellent of manners. Things happen in your life. Go to them. Seek their advice. Share your life with them. Because their insight, their wisdom, what they have to offer, their value, is more than we can calculate. It's more than we can calculate. And that is the status of the woman. Their status is so high. If the people knew, only knew, subhanAllah, they wouldn't say what they are saying. We have to have religious caution. He left this marriage out of fear of falling into the doubt. Do we do things like that? Our money that we make, is every cent of the money we make clear from doubt? I want you to reflect on that. The Prophet in the hadith where he told us that we will be debased and humiliated until we return. To the deen. Until you return to your religion. The symptoms. that the, From the symptoms. That the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned. That were before the Muslims. Where they will be humiliated. Is that what? When you, end, when you do interest bearing transactions. When you start to deal with riba. I'm not talking dealing with riba straight up. No. But when you start to play these games and do things where it really don't seem like it's interest, but in reality it's interest. Because you put a commodity in the middle, it really don't seem like it's interest, but in reality what is interest. This is an indication that the Muslims will reach a point where they're not going to care how they get their money. Whether it's halal or haram, they don't care. As long as they're getting paid, that's going to be the mentality of some of the Muslims. So now I ask you, because this symptom is a symptom that when we see it taking place, Allah will humiliate us. And we will stay humiliated until we return to our religion. If we were to, if we were to illustrate religious caution, 
then we wouldn't have to worry about this. If it smelled like maybe, possibly, it might could be interest, we don't want nothing to do with it. I'm good. Take that. Keep that card. I don't want nothing to do with it. Keep that credit card. I don't want nothing to do with it. Because when you sign the contract, whether you pay a cent of interest or not, you have agreed to pay interest. So you have violated. You have agreed to pay interest. So you have violated. Be careful. Do we establish the likes of this religious caution? Is this Sahabi an example for us or not? These are questions that I, that I ask myself and I urge you to ask yourself. Because no doubt, we are moving towards death and we have to get ready. Aqeemu salah.